Dude, I haven't bought crypto yet. I've made all my crypto off of art. So I invested 350 yeah. bucks in 20, 2017 and I lost all of it. Right, it was right before the crash and I put like it all in Litecoin, which is nothing. I was like, I have of course. I lost it. I lost it pretty much all. So I had like 75 bucks left and I used that to mint my first piece on Super Rare. And then since then, oh, I yeah. haven't used a cent of my own money to like reinvest back. I've just, I've just stocked all, like I've taken out money here and there, but I've never like put any of my own like salary or anything. That's back amazing. In. That's insane. Yeah. What a success yeah. story. Like that's yeah, man, true crazy. success. Yeah, it's been great. Like, and and I've learned how to be in the space, like be in crypto and learned about tokens all through this. So like now wow. that I have like this, this like income to play with, like I, I've, I've been able to like learn hard lessons about not getting too invested in like an NFT project. And then I like bombs. <laughs> Talking about NFTs and that's Nifty. That's Nifty. All the great artists they come to this place to talk about the crypto space and that's Nifty. That's Nifty. Tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday. Damn, that's nifty. Yo, what's up? Welcome to That's Nifty. This is Tyler and who else? Oh, it's Larry. I thought you were going to ask you to say my name. No, that's your job. No. Okay, so we have an interview after this little catch-up with Tim Riappel. You sure? I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce his last name. Um, could be Riopelli, could be Riopoli. <laughs> I think, I think, I think you hit it the first time. So we're going with Riopelli or Riopel. Fine, final answer. Tim Riopelli. I'm sorry this, for this uh, as well, Tim. Sorry. So we should have discussed it. It's more fun this way. Tim Riopelli, after this quick catch up with Tyler and Larry, what did you want to talk about first? Hmm. What do you think I'm going to say? I think you're going to say too much lab. Nope. Drive. Yeah, I think we should start with drive. Love that it. was that was the most action like over like a few days. That was like the anticipation and the the way that it was put in front of you in in oh, there the was obviously some great. The auctions were great. And we're obviously sitting here saying the auctions were great because we hit one of the fucking raffles. Uh, so true. And, and, and obviously it's like, yeah, it's great for us, but also it's like, this is what, you know, you go back and listen to our old, our old episode with Dave old as in like two weeks ago, (laughs) but you can hear like the little hints in there of, um, where he was going and, 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 and how he was kind of weave this together. And it's, it's so cool. And now that things are settled to the point where you're going to see how secondary is developed you're going to, I don't know, I think he's going to put on a clinic for how to gamify his niche. Yeah, it's going to be cool to race the cars to win those trophy cars. Um, not sure what the mechanics are behind that yet, but I'm sure Manifold made something really cool. I have no fucking idea what that could possibly mean. I don't want to burn it. I'd rather not burn my car, but it might be necessary. Why would you, th- why would you think that? 
Because it, uh, probably because I've been spending a lot of time in threesomes. And that's what, <laughs> he cleans up the you're not the gonna have to burn it. I know there's only like a hundred per drop. So. I didn't even look up the uh, make and model of our car. I have no idea. It doesn't what it matter is. yet. It's got some. It looks like it has healthy tires. It does have a broken window. Um, tier three twenty four. Yeah, so we're we're making the backstory behind it now. Three is um, perfect for a nice nice ride in the car. Yep. Yep. Shout out Naple. Naple Roos because our other shout out in, in the. Uh, basically, basically orchestrating, making sure we got in the raffle. <laughs> so. Yeah, he uh, was hawking the all ships Discord for hours. He nailed it, which though. is a pretty good place to be. What do you think is next? You've seen I, some sales, we, and we and, it was and, nuts. We already have a one point two five bid on ours, and like, don't even think about it. Um, I think didn't we already see a sale? Somebody dropped it to what something like. Is it 2.5 someone scooped one? I don't know. I don't know, but that's a good swipe. Yeah, and I, I think that the next thing will be setting up the races. I don't think they'll roll out another 100 cars for a little while. Yeah. I think um, they'll do some races, they'll give out some trophies, and then we'll really know like how this works. It was cool to see, like, what were they, what were they grails that were auctioned off? Yeah, those were, like, the, the top of the top of this uh, release. Did you see that, like, closely at all? Yeah, I was watching all of those. Like, Triple Eight was in on a lot of them. Um, it looked like there's specific collectors that wanted specific cars, which are cool to watch. Like them bidding pretty hard. I saw Sergito's name out there on the the mob vehicle. Saw some other names I recognize as well. It was it was just cool to see. Yeah, it, but that's the thing with like photography, and now you're getting everything kind of woven together. But a picture can mean something to someone for an unexplainable reason. One hundred percent. The gray one at nighttime with the smoke that's mm. kind, of like, kind of like gas station lit on it. Like, I just, I love that one. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, there's one of the grails was like a smoke gray, but it's the only one that has like smoke coming out of the exhaust. Uh, and it's at nighttime. It's just fucking fresh. The colors on it are great. Got it. It's, it's cool, too, because you can tell that he's probably taken so many pictures of cars in that format. But these are definitely the ones where the colors like tell a story or like I love the one where the trucks backed up on the snowbank yeah. and it's like at an angle. That one's so cool. And then people are doing tribute posts now on Twitter. I did one myself, but I saw Naples. Too. Yeah. <laughs> but mine was, I swear to God, I was just driving and just was like, wow, that's, that's, that's a drive. That's a drive picture. Yeah. It's everyone can participate. That's the other cool part about photography. Everyone's got a camera in their pocket. So now you know what Dave collects, these pictures of cars. You can do the same. It doesn't have to be his collection. You can collect them yourself with your camera. So do something similar. Pump to own one. Can't wait to race. Seriously. It. I, I went to go look up the make and model. I can't. I couldn't even tell you what it is. It's just a maroon colored looking. Lincoln. I'm going with Pontiac. Do you think Pontiac? I'm going to look up old Lincoln Continentals, but I don't think it is. We'll do some research and have more of a backstory. We do know Amelie is playing on the radio. Um, <laughs> that has been confirmed. Uh, but we're growing the story, as I uh, encourage everyone to do. And on that same note, um, it's been really cool for me, Larry, and Naples Roos to like join forces. And I would totally recommend that to people who like don't have a huge amount of funds to spend. Like we just pool our like raffle entries to shit, and then when we win, we split it three ways and just sit on it together. Obviously, we wouldn't make any moves unless like two out of three of us or all of us wanted to do it. We're pretty much on the same page. But 
do your own research and join forces with people you trust and shit. But it's been helpful to to nail stuff and feel more secure in your investments. Not financial advice. Yeah. Not financial advice for sure. But that was good, Tyler. Good job. Thanks. I was listening, but I also think it might be some form of Lincoln. <laughs> Could be a Lincoln. It's just the the, the over, over hub back tire. If someone can tell us what, what our make and model is of our car, we'd really appreciate it. So we'll, we'll put that out there. Um, Tier 3, number 24, Jeff Gordon. Yeah. But yeah, shout out Dave. Shout out, shout out everything going on with Drive. That's, that's going to be so much fun. Collector drops this week. Collector drops this week. Today, as you're listening to this, we have Bill Ellis dropping balance on Nifty Gateway. Uh, probably a normal time. Probably seven. It's like, yeah. What a fucking collection, though. Oh, my God. It's beautiful. So it's like, I think it's like nine editions, nine different drops, something like that. Yeah. All with different requirements of having his pieces from uh, different collections. And then they all come with a physical. And that physical looks so fucking nice, dude. I know. It's crazy. But also the way that he has um, built out this base now. You know, it's – he's been spearheading this sense of giving back. Yeah. And holding on to the thematics of, you know, more of an overall sense of balance. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did it – I mean, balance to me reminds me back when he was – taking his pieces back from paper-ass hands and and spreading them out to people who would hold on to them. And he's literally returning balance to his marketplace. It's like, and here he is again to commemorate that, I believe. Yeah. Clean tomorrow, today, 6.30 Eastern. And then Exulo, literally the next day. Collectors drop again. Another guy we love. Shout out Nick and his wife. Smashed it. I mean, those pieces are great. I need both of them. Because they go together. Yeah. And we got to make it happen. Again, we're in cahoots, the Naples Ruse, <laughs> trying our damnedest uh, to get some Exulo collector pieces. In cahoots with Naples Ruse. That's going to be our hashtag. So my hashtag, in cahoots with Naples Ruse, and I'll do something for you. Get ready, children's book, that yeah. title. I'd be remiss not to add that dropping uh, today. So you need to do this right now as you're listening to this. Threesomes has its first public drop in like three weeks. To kick off Series 7, unannounced what the series is, but hop into his Discord, uh, the Grotto. It's nuts over there. This is just like a game for fucking people who love figuring puzzles out. And like, I don't know, dude, it's just it's it's tough to explain. But once you're there, you either like it or you don't. You got to get it on the public drop. They're free to enter. If you win a card, you pay one Tez for it. And not financial advice, but they there's a, like a boatload of collectors that pay 50 Tez plus for them if you don't want them. But honestly, the way it goes, you'll be hooked by the live drawings. He does fucking spin the wheel raffles for these different ways you can enter for these drawings. And like go back and listen to the episode. He's always adding different utility to these cards. I just wanted to highlight that for a minute. It's getting crazy over there yeah you're crazy you're crazy man i need to get you to play it i'm serious it's i think i would rather pay you to play for me because i can't i can't work on that level you just gotta just fill in the form i know just need to fill in the form 
I need a Tez wallet first. We can do that. Oh, yeah. Naple Roosk uh, sold his hands by Moneris to another photographer. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, yeah. We can Drifter g- shoots. Yeah, you can give him a, or them a chance to explain that story at some point, but um, yeah, I think her, her second, her highest secondary sale What's like went to like the, the backstory of the connection between the two is, uh, um, you know, the context that people are always looking for. So, yeah, we'll have that story later. We'll have Moneris on the pod and Naples Rusk. Seriously though, congrats to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Who is it? Drift? Yeah. Yeah. Drifter shoot. We, we should definitely have him on too. Yeah, that story's fucking crazy though. Yeah. It was in um Times, so I couldn't read it. <laughs> I I would sorry. give you cliff notes, but I'm gonna make you earn them. All right, we'll hear it here later. <laughs> um just remembering this now too, I was watching some of David Pollock's art uh auctions going on OpenSea and I'm kind of kicking myself now because there was a chance to just buy prints. I think it was like 24 by 17 prints. Um, no way. You yeah. sell them on OpenSea? Mm, these ones were I maybe from his website, but he had like a couple two of twos, a couple oh, of editions of two, an edition of one on OpenSea where he was op- uh, auctioning them off. That I, I believe came with physicals. But I was watching them kind of almost – in an affordable-ish range. Um, but oh, I wanted to pull the trigger. But just wanted to shout that out because that was cool to see, you know, someone out there executing stuff, just utilizing OpenSea, you know, all these PFPs everywhere. And now you're seeing some good diversity. If anyone can help me too, get back into my um, <laughs> my MetaMask on my phone, that'd be great. Let me just read off the problem. So if anyone wants to respond, um, just tell me what to do. Who the fuck is it? Can't find it. MetaMask encountered an error due to reaching a storage limit. The local data has been corrupted. Please install MetaMask and restore the secret recovery phrase. Well, that sounds pretty declarative. I think it's telling you exactly what to do. All right, what do I do? It said reinstall MetaMask and restore from your seed phrase. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> I asked you earlier. You only got to half of it or earlier. You didn't say the, the second half. I texted you a picture of it. Thank you. I didn't read Thank it. You. I didn't read it. <laughs> we didn't talk about RD's cryptic tweets, though. Oh, yeah. Looks cool. Whatever he's doing, I'm all about it. Yeah. Yeah. I just hit you with double yeah, yeahs, but like. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know anything about it because it's just RD being, being cryptic. Being but cryptic. I like it. You can see some trends. So, was there anything else besides like everyone putting on their soups for the soups? <laughs> soups for their apes? <laughs> Dude, I didn't know what that was about, and someone um, <laughs> someone commented on one of my uh, posts and said, do you want a suite? Send me your link to your OpenSea profile. And I was like, a suite? And I realized like a week later they were talking about a suit, and it must, <laughs> must have just added an E on there. And I was like, fuck, I could have got a suit for free. Someone was going to make me a suit. But I don't say suite. I don't know. I got fucked. <laughs> Sweet. What does mine say? Dude. Dude. <laughs> Where's my car? Full circle, back to drive. We're out. Here's Tim Riopelli. <laughs> wow. Yo, Tim. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, good. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. You guys can hear me all, all right? Oh, yeah. Just turning my volume up on this soon. Awesome. How you doing? Fantastic. 
you just land? Uh, no, I, no, I didn't. No, I'm in, uh, I'm just hanging out in my, uh, in my room right now. <laughs> yeah. I just got home from work actually. Oh, nice. And you're in Vancouver, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm in Vancouver. Yeah. I was out in Ontario uh, like three weeks ago, but yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I was there for a little bit and then I came back. Seems like a, a hot spot for NFT artists, huh? Vancouver. In Vancouver. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot here. I just met up with, uh, Marcio Pamela and, and Nico. Uh, we all met at, uh, the rogue down by, uh, the C bus and like the main tra- uh, transport terminal. So we just had a beer there and it was cool to catch up with those guys. Cause they're some of my favorite artists. It was it was pretty sweet. Nice man. Well, yeah. uh, I'm Tyler, by the way. How's it going, man? Tyler and Larry. All right. Yeah. Nice to meet you, man. Thanks I'm, for reaching out. Yeah, you yeah, too. I'm glad glad you reached out. I was wondering how you um came in contact with us. I I think I don't. I think you guys might have followed me a little bit back, and then I had just saw that you were doing yeah podcasts and talking to some talking to some people, <laughs> and I wanted to. Uh, oh, wicked! My alarm is going off here. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we roll, man. We do yeah. dogs barking. We do the police sirens, <laughs> helicopters. I think you, you said though sums others. up what we do pretty well. We just yeah talk <laughs> talk to people. <laughs> so that's yeah. it. No, no agenda sweet, whatsoever. Well, that's the whole thing, right? It's nice to talk about uh, what's going on in this space and kind of get documentation of it because it's so crazy that yeah people aren't going to believe it. <laughs> it is, man. <laughs> we saw that you were on Super Rare pretty early on, right? Yeah. So I got in last October. So October, it's almost been a year actually. So I, it was my first platform. So I, um, yeah, I had my art thing going and I had a buddy, uh, that worked in the animation industry with me. Uh, he messaged me and he's like, I think your art would be uh, cool for super rare. You should check it out. And that was at like the start of summer. And then I was like, oh, okay, I'll check it out. I, I didn't even know really anything about it. I didn't really know much. And then I didn't really start getting more into it until the end of that summer when I started to kind of see what uh, NFTs were all about and kind of what it meant in terms of like, yeah, giving yourself value. And as an artist, having this sort of new avenue to be able to share our work and potentially, um, yeah, make some income from it. So, yeah, I, I, I put together, uh, yeah, I put together an application, sent my stuff in and did a, an awkward video uh, that you had to send <laughs> in for them. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, I, I waited three weeks and yeah, they got in touch and, and yeah, whitelisted me, which was, which was crazy. Um, so yeah, I kind of, what, once I kind of got whitelisted, I was, I was pretty much, um, I was kind of on the spot cause I was, I usually do still images for my work and I wanted to do something different. So I wanted to push myself and do, and do an animation cause I do have a background in the stuff I work, I've worked in the 3d, um, animation industry for like, yeah, since like 2006. So yeah, I've been doing this for a, doing this for a long time and I know how to do a lot of stuff and I've only started to do sort of my own personal work um, over the last like five years. Yeah. Four or five years. Um, so yeah, I, I, I know all this stuff that I haven't really applied yet and now I'm starting to kind of apply it and yeah, I just, yeah, I, it, it's, it's cool. Yeah. Where I, where I'm going to be able to take stuff because it's still really early on and I still have a lot of stuff I'd like to try out. Yeah. I can tell from your portfolio, man, you have a wide range of like different techniques and stuff. It's, it's. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man. I, and, but I, I kind of worry at the same time, if that's like in, in hindering me or like progressing, because you see all these people with like really unique styles, like fuck render and Victor Mascara and like, and these guys, but I, at the same time, like they've got really defined styles and, and it's fantastic, but I, I kind of, I, I can't get stuck to, to one style. Like I can't do it for the life of me. Just keep my patience doing the same thing um, like, like that and finding ways to kind of innovate on that. So I've kind of broken it into like, I have like three or four styles that I mess around with. 
um, just like raw 3D renders and then like animations. And then I do some 2D, some 3D mix. And then I've done a couple of just like more pure 2D with a little bit of 3D elements. So um, yeah, I'm just kind of experimenting. I figure we're so early on in this whole thing that I might as well just use this time to kind of just put shit out there and and see if, yeah, people are, are into it. I think it gives you an opportunity to find fans of like that particular type of art, right? Like right. they might really like your 2D stuff or you might have fans that are like really into your animation, you know? Right. And, and, and that's the thing too. I think I've kind of, uh, since my time in this space, I've tried to gear myself more towards like a wider audience. I'm not like, everyone talks about scarcity and like rarity and trying to just like make yourself, yeah, more of a, an item or something like that, that to kind of get whale collectors and sort of the bigger money uh, that would be coming in. But I don't know. I, I, I got a lot of satisfaction out of like doing smaller edition pieces. Like on top, I love doing one-to-ones. I love like, I've made a lot of wicked connections through that, uh, through people just backing me and like supporting me doing that. But the, the response I get say to like my edition pieces, like for say on, on uh, I don't even know how, do you know how to pronounce it? It's, it's Hick, Hick Etz Nunk. Is that what it That's is? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just call it Hen. I just call it Hen. I was going to just call it Hen. So uh, let, let's, let's just call it. I don't it know what it is. Anything. Um, yeah. yeah. Nunk. Um, I think it means here and now maybe in Latin yeah, or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's what it is. Um, but yeah, like when I started doing my edition pieces on there, like I, I amassed this like small little cult following and my, like I was selling out stuff like so quickly, like I would say, I put it up there and it'd be on for like my first one was like 10 minutes. And then after that, I think I had like, I had a couple that were less than 30 seconds that they were on there for. So I, I love like, hen. Yeah, I love it. I, you I became a hen addict. I, I was, like, yeah, I did. I, on, I went on addiction. Yeah, I took off. Um, I took off. I delisted all my ETH stuff because I didn't want to be doing both at the same time because I don't know. I just didn't feel like that was fair to like, yeah, people there. I was kind of doing my own thing here and I had. I think I had like secondary stuff up on ETH, but I, I pretty much took anything I had down so I could go focus on it because I wanted to like, I wanted to try to see if I could like, like experiment. And the experimentation there was more like gamifying my stuff, like doing like collect these pieces and, and kind of get a reward sort of thing. Um, cause, and the reason I did that is because ETH is so goddamn expensive sometimes with gas that yeah. it's just like, hand you're paying cents like to the dollar for that sort of thing, as opposed to like 70 or 80 bucks to like 150 bucks per, per mint sort of thing. So yeah, um, it's tough to yeah, do those it, like cool airdrops and stuff when it's coming out of your pocket. So yeah. yeah and, that, and that's the thing too, like the, the same thing sort of just happened with, uh, I was part of this playing arts project for ETH and I, I wanted to do an airdrop and it was just like, I'm like, okay, guys, I did it. I'm not going to air, sorry, not an airdrop, like a giveaway. Like I, they can, they can claim a free, a free image of mine, but gas was like at a 200 or 300 bucks around that time <laughs> that like only half of them got claimed because yeah, people either forgot about it or they just, yeah, it was just too much to do. So yeah. And if I was to airdrop it, I would have been spending the same of mine. I would have spent like 16 grand or something like that just to yeah. airdrop people one of my pieces. And I'm, I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. That's a, like, that's a ton of money. Like I, if I had the money to do it totally, but if I, yeah, if, um, if it was like, $20, $30 gas, I would, yeah, I would totally do it. But yeah. I can't do it when it's like 200 bucks. It's just, it's way too much. <laughs> that is prohibited <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I would, yeah, go, in, go into negative, just basically giving my art away. So, so the playing um, arts, yeah. cards, how did, how did that come about? So they reached out actually like months ago. So this has been a project that's been going on for like, it was going on for like six months, I think. So um, 
yeah, it was pretty much, uh, they reached out to me via email, uh, which was cool. And I, I don't know if someone re- uh, referenced me or what, or, or, or mentioned me to them, but yeah, they reached out and just asked if I wanted to be a part of this project. And I had known about their cards from, from the previous years. Cause they had been doing this for since like 2013, I think, or 2012, 2013. And they're just, they get some of the best artists in the world to make cards for them. And I was like, that'd be awesome to be on a card deck and especially one that's like centered around this whole crypto movement and stuff like that. So I was right away. I was like, yeah, this is really cool. And then they, they had a list of names there, but I don't think they, they had a, um, like, I don't think they had gotten confirmation yet, but they had names up there and then everything kind of changed. All these names were gone and other names were in, but all the artists that were in there, like are, are fantastic. And it was like crazy to kind of, yeah, it, 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 so it started off with they got all the artists and then some of us started like talking and figuring out like what we're going to do next. And it went it started off from going to be foundation one to one releases of all the, the deck sort of thing. And then they didn't do that. And then it went to this thing. It was maybe going to be on Binance and then Binance was shit. It was just not they're just uh, yeah, it's just not a good platform for that like they're giving like one percent secondary sales or something like that to artists so that was not going to be an option like none of the artists wanted to support that sort of thing because it's such a yeah it's a detrimental thing for for artists and this space in general so um they actually reached out to manifold and manifold made a custom contract for them that yeah these, these cards are beautiful and have great art on them but yeah manifold's built like this whole underlying um leveling up system to the cards that for when they start to do like when they start to actually gamify it and allow you to play with your NFTs or interact with their, like, um, I think they're going for like a play to earn sort of thing. So you can go and like play poker or you can go and play like these battle, like battle games where your card is like a hero saying you can like PVP against other people um, in like a battle game and, and, and upgrade your card. And then you can trade those cards after once upgraded, because you're going to want to get like a, yeah, you were going to want to get a better card, right? Like say you have right. a king of hearts or something, but like a level, whatever, 60 king of hearts sort of thing. So there's like this whole underlying traits system underneath that that's kind of really cool that um, I don't, yeah, I, the, it's going to take a little while to like kind of integrate, but they, it's all built there. And I think it, it's it's built for the long run. And I really think that they've got something cool going on there. But yeah, it, like they came out right at the end of like the whole NFT boom and it was like crazy. And then every project is kind of, it's, it's, it's a bit of an NFT winter, which lasts like a couple of weeks here. Yeah. Here and there, but <laughs> yeah, but it, 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 it has it. Like this is the, this is still way busier than like say last, what was it? May and or May April, and June, May, it got yeah. really, yeah, it got really slow. And then it was like, oh, wow, like this is this is kind of crazy. So that's when I kind of slowed down at, at that point, too, because I was like, OK. Um, and that, yeah, that was around the time I went on to, to Hen as well, because I was just like, OK, cool. Let's like like I want to I want to explore like other chains and stuff like that. And and yeah, I just saw I had seen a couple of artists go over there and do some stuff. And I'm like, OK, they're doing some experimental stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to I'm just going to try to put some stuff up there. So I put some of my older pieces up from Instagram first and. And just kind of like, they're like my sketches and my, and my little stuff like that. Like I love them. They're like, they're, they're more detailed concepts of stuff, but uh, right. so yeah, I just started doing that and I got a great response to that. And then I was going to do more of that because I have a ton of older pieces, but I, yeah, I, I wanted to start like creating something and not just, yeah, try to sell my old work because 
Uh, I just kind of wanted to dip my toes in initially to see what it was like there. And then once I realized it was, it was a crazy active community and like, yeah, it, it was, it's nuts. Like anybody can afford to collect there. Like you can just like anybody was a collector as opposed to where you're on ETH and everyone's like, Oh, great image. But like, I can't, there's no way I can afford it. This is like, Oh, wicked. Like 15 bucks for an edition. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, That's when, when you get into like, yeah, it was just like when you get into like 25 or 50 editions and stuff, like it's a good and once you can start like figuring out like your um, sort of what values you can put stuff at and like keep people happy and, and still and still kind of, yeah, get get what you're putting in sort of time wise to your art and that sort of thing. Um, it's awesome. Like it's it's awfully uh, it's not like ETH or anything. You're not making these like huge sales. But yeah, you can like if I mean, there's some of these artists now that are on there that are making like thousand Tez and like um yeah like or more you're throwing up like kid eight i don't know he sold one for like four thousand tez or something didn't he i can't remember what it was it was something something ridiculous like that but yeah like i I put a piece up for 500 my last one i put up was for 500 tez and it and it got sold um that that piece is on super rare now the one that that sold for four thousand went uh, oh yeah he, he, back to he sold it back to him yeah. yeah yeah and then and then he burned it and then put it back up that's yeah. hilarious i think 33 yeah. bought it for oh, 17 really? eth or something like that it is crazy oh, though like God. like the the biggest like selling point on hen is that like anyone can afford it it's true like like yeah getting over the the hurdle of of the just being like all right well i need to figure out how to use crypto and like, like, what do I need? All right, I need Tez to fucking buy yeah. shit on Hen. Now you need a new wallet. Isn't gonna cost me a lot of money at all. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you can just take like it's almost like you, not like you're going to the casino, but if you could take a set amount of money almost and just be like, all right, this is what I'm playing with, and then you just go yeah. shop. But I mean, and that's the thing too, <laughs> right? Anything it's a great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great. Um, it's a great platform to introduce people into NFTs because it's cheap. Uh, it's really easy to set up. It's a Hen is a bit chaotic. I, I love it though because of that. It has like it's it's it has this great characteristic of being the shitty user interface. It's like underground, and just in like a way. yeah. But then you can use like object or henext or or whatever. Yeah, those are those are sweet too. I really like object.com with like the uh, the auctions you can set up and that sort of yeah. stuff. I, f- I found that pretty. But like yeah, NFT bikers is building all these crazy tools that are super useful. Dude, for, shout out um, to that guy. He, yeah, man, he's oh, yeah. Hen's unusable without his tools. No, like, man, it's crazy. Like when someone told me about all the stuff, I'm like, is there something to do this? He's like, oh yeah, NFT biker did this, and I was like, <laughs> okay, cool, that, that's awesome. Yeah, but like I've been looking into like like smart building smart contracts and stuff like that is really like you want to have someone who knows what the hell they're doing behind it and like building these tools and stuff because yeah, like some of them can be easily hackable if you're not doing it the right way and stuff like that. Like, yeah, Hen got hacked and that that was shitty. And I think they they went through like a period of, um, yeah, where people were kind of unsure about it and and not really, um, yeah. And then now- That's when I started on it. Yeah. I jumped in as soon as it was back up. I was like, well, now it's probably the securest it can be. (laughs) Yeah. It's on, it's on fire now too. It's, it's like, I'm just seeing everyone post there and like, everyone's like, it's just so cool, man. It's just, it's the community. You like down. you said, you can build a community so fast because there's just more. People. Yeah. And I mean, you can support people way easier as well. Like, and like, I know it's not like, I, I love buying people's ETH pieces and stuff like that, but it's like to be able to like, just like buy way more artists stuff and like collect it and build this sweet collection. And like, even being able to grab some of my favorite artist stuff um, for like way, way like more reasonable, but have it like have this secondary value or like I could probably sell it like a kid MoGraph or like a Nate Hill or stuff like that, yep. where 
if yeah like it's it's just great because like yeah the secondary sales are wild i i've never i never had a secondary sale on eth i still have never had one uh and or sorry i did but it happened on open sea so none it wasn't honored um because it was minted through known origin uh oh. and their contracts differ so i was yeah i didn't get any i didn't get the secondary sales so i probably won't be getting many uh yeah on that which is i don't know that's part of the whole space right you don't know what the hell's gonna happen but yeah and then in hand it's just like you just go to your page and you just see like all your secondary action happening and all this stuff and it's just like it's like wow that tells you yeah i think nft biker built or or someone built like a a head it's like a history of all your sales and it kind of shows you who bought it what they bought it for and what you kind of got for a secondary sale so yeah it's just like you can kind of keep track of all that stuff and yeah, it's just so wild that that became such a big part of Hen as well, these secondary sales, because on top of like selling out and doing that, now I have like all this other, yeah, all the other, all these other tokens rolling in. And then I have that all um, that's making money. I'm yield farming it as well in my wallet. Baking it so up. It's just like, yeah, <laughs> same dude. Put it in the up. oven. You just yep. keep, keep it in there. I've got, I've got it across a couple of wallets getting different yeah, rates, but um, yeah, I'm just trying to keep it all in. And then and you probably bought it lot. for $2. It's like yeah. seven, eight bucks right now. <laughs> dude. I haven't, I haven't bought, I haven't bought crypto yet. I've made all my crypto off of art. So I invested 350 Damn. bucks in 20, 2017. And I lost all of it. Right, it was right before the crash, and I put like it all in Litecoin, which is nothing. I was like, I have 350 bucks. Somebody else said they lost it all in Litecoin. It was, uh, thank you, X said the same thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I I put it into Litecoin, me too. Yeah, I lost it, I lost it pretty much all. So I had like 75 bucks left, and I used that to mint my first piece on Super Rare. And then since then, I haven't used a cent of my own money to like reinvest back. I've just I've just stocked all like I've taken out money here and there, but I've never like put any of my own like salary or anything. That's amazing. That's insane. What a success story. Like that's true success. Yeah. It's been great. Like, and and I've learned how to be in the space, like be in crypto and learned about tokens all through this. So like now that I have like this, this like income to play with, like I've, I've been able to like learn hard lessons about not getting too invested in like an NFT project. And then I like bombs. Like I bought a chubby for like 0.6. I don't know why I did it. And then, and, and then it went to, it went to crap the next day. Cause they stole or something. They stole all the designs. Oh, um, yeah. So I learned that. And then, yeah, I, I purchased a bunch of NFTs too, before this, this law here. So it's down big, but I think, yeah, I think in the next wave, they're going to, they're going to go up. I think there's some there that are, that are pretty sweet. We're I've got one a of lot of stuff. That's like a bit undervalued by you know the terms of that we bought it at you know yeah but i think years from now it won't matter yeah i don't i don't think so either like just seeing how this thing rolls like when when that first like boost came in at the end of uh like december january and like february that whole thing that was crazy and then this summer was like twice as crazy it was just like as soon as these uh, the punks and uh bored apes and all of that started going like off it just like everything it was, was every day it was something new yeah. that was like spinning your yeah. head around like it was yeah it's, it's hard to keep up yeah man and and it's like i've noticed a lot of artists too just like jumped into just like doing generative profile picture stuff which i mean some of them had a lot of success uh fed fedos art i don't know if you saw their project but they went in and they did 
it's a pretty cool project. Like it's all sci-fi related, like a person standing uh, on uh, yeah, it's just, they're standing in different sci-fi environments and different skies and it's all, they do like 10 every release and then you just bid on them for starting bids of 0.1, but I like that. So man. beautiful. Yeah. We've seen that one. with like uh, Shaka blood. I think Baka yeah. arts, they kind of have similar like yeah. rolling releases at a certain price. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the thing too, that um, I, I'm going to kind of keep rolling with, I think, I think my idea is to, until East two rolls around, I think East two is going to be a lot uh, like a lot like hen. I think art markets are going to be like that when you don't have to pay a ton of gas. Oh my and, God. And artists, and artists will be able to list their stuff at like, yeah, more accessible pricing because they're not having to like, yeah. Artists that don't have the story that the, the funding to like list at crazy gas prices and stuff like that will be able to do it here. And they don't, they won't have such a loss. Um, and collectors with, will with be more liquid. Fees. You know, they can yeah. just grab oh, yeah, stuff sure. up and not worry about it. Yeah. And that's the thing too. So it's, it's going to be crazy once that happens. So I'm kind of I'm kind of treating Hen as like my training ground for that because it's going to be the same thing. You're going to learn how to set up. You're going to learn how to gamify your work. You're going to learn how to like create this. Um, just you're going to learn how to create hype about your work, and you get to do it on the cheap uh, on Hen. Not saying that Hen is cheap, but it's just you get to do it for, for a much more affordable price than yeah having to do it on yeah and 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 make mistakes sort of and yeah and, and you, yeah. you you don't have to lose a lot of money. Literally, literally cheaper though. I don't think you have to apologize yeah. for it. Yeah. No, no, but it's not. Yeah, it is. It is. A, but I let, there's nothing like Never it. Never apologize it for like, fact. Yeah. Do you know the movie? Do you know the movie Hackers from like way back in the day? I think I've seen it. Okay. It had like Angelina Jolie and it's just like, it's just really like, I'm almost 40. So yeah, it's like way back in the day, but it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it kind of reminds me of like that, like sort of like total recall, sort of like really ugly interface sort of, <laughs> but yeah, I love it. Because, yeah, if you just go on there and you go to the random page and you just start scrolling, you're going to find something you really like. And it's probably going to be like six to ten Tez. And you can like, yeah, it's yeah. I have like I think I was at I was at like a two hundred and like sixty, I think, NFTs I'd collected. But like, I mean, I would I would do way more because I don't have I, I didn't have the time to do it. I would I would have spent all my time collecting uh, and then, yeah no time making it what that really does is it just like it it helps collectors be able to buy the art that they like or at least like develop yeah. a taste because you yeah. can afford what you like if you're looking at something and you just you, you want to buy it and you don't know why but your gut and like says i like this and i want it you can do that yeah. on hen <laughs> but somewhere else you turn around and you oh i can't afford 33 eth <laughs> um so yeah the hen appeal is but like, like been, it's creeping on me. Like it's heavy right now. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, you gotta do up it. a fucking Tez wallet. God damn it! You gotta yeah. get him on a oh, Kukai. Yeah, yeah. I, I got I got Kukai on my phone, and I just uh, and I sent uh, I sent some money over, and I'm just it's so addicting because you'll see something and you're like, okay, copy link, and then you'll yeah. just throw him on your phone, <laughs> and you just you're in there and you're collecting it. You're like, oh sweet, like a. I was buying Sutu eats flies on secondary on like on the C bus. The C bus is like a ferry in Vancouver that you take across the, uh, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it goes, it goes from North Vancouver where I live into downtown Vancouver. So you can just, I was sitting on there buying NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like, it's the craziest thing ever. Like I, I won't put it on my it. phone. Like, I'm afraid of yeah. putting it on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I did and like yeah it's just you just see something you're like scrolling on twitter like oh that's a nice piece and you're like all right i just like spent like 50 bucks i've been averaging like six piece. or seven a day 
Dude, yeah. You did <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. What was that thing you did? You object just... for object? Did you see that? Where they uh, do like? Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like this was the cheap. third time around. I think a lot of them were like zero or point one Tez. Yeah, I don't like, know anything about this though. But all I know is he tweeted, "Was like, drop your art here. I'm buying it." And then like someone would drop something, and he'd be like, "Scooped." Got it. <laughs> what the fuck if I liked it, there were a lot on there, and I couldn't buy them all, obviously. But that's yeah. the point. Like NFT Biker actually made a, a tool for this as well, where it would show you all the pieces that were tagged with object for object and you could click oh, a box cool. and add it to a shopping cart. So I was buying like 30 at a time, but only the ones that liked. So that's scrolling crazy. through. I was like, love that. Love that. Yeah. I don't really need this one, you know? And I think that if you have a different mindset, you just buy them all. Right. You're like, Oh yeah, they're, they're free. Basically. I'll just take all of these yeah. and see what happens. Like, I really only wanted the ones I liked because, I mean, that's the point on him, I feel like. Well, yeah. I mean, you can get what you want. You like, yeah, everything's kind of accessible. And like, I mean, when you have your budget and stuff too, like I, I kind of, I kind of doll it out. Like I want to save some for the bigger pieces. Like I'm, I'm trying to look for great one-to-ones right now on there. I got a Sergeant Slaughter Melon on my Kukai wallet. It was just like up for like 45 and i was like this person doesn't know what they have and it's like his only available one so i scooped it right there so that's on the that's on my phone wallet yeah and just like i i'm, I'm trying to find these cool one-to-ones or i'm trying to find ones where there's like three or four and nobody has bought them and then people say it's a dirty tactic but i see a bunch of people do it where they'll buy all four and then they'll delete three of them i haven't done it yet but i've wanted to so bad <laughs> make your own one of one man yeah then you, it's your own one-to-one and then yeah you just resell it and yeah. they'll yeah, like that, that. I know uh, Chris Wallace had done that too. And, yeah, and people were like on the fence. They're like, I mean, if they pay for it and buy it, then it's kind of yeah. up up to them. Like that's the whole thing, right? Like that's the thing. Like people get bummed out about their art afterwards when they do this stuff. I'm like, let's you signed up for. I'm like, you put your art up there, and now they kind yep. of they they can do what they want with it. Like I bought back one of my super rare pieces. Um, yeah, because I they, I sold it for one. Uh, one ETH and then they put it up for something like 0.2 and then I went and bid on it or they put it up for like 0.125 and I'm like this is ridiculous I'm like I'm I'm gonna buy it back so I, I started bidding and then all these bigger whales came in and they're like okay well they're just gonna keep on going so I was like shit and then the the collector reached out he said he said if you like if you want to buy it back now for like a, a certain amount um then yeah, you can buy it back. And it wasn't, it wasn't much more than um, I had initially offered. So he just, yeah, let me buy it back for cheap. And I was like, sweet. And then I ended up giving it, I ended up giving it away in like a giveaway just because it was one piece like I liked and stuff like that, but it, it was definitely one of the pieces that like, I feel was kind of furthest away from what I had been going for, for this, this whole, this whole time. Like, I feel like every piece I've released in NFT space, I'm really happy with like, um, I put a lot of time and like make sure things are, yeah, of the the caliber I'm, I'm hoping to get out there all the time. And I, I feel like what, yeah, since last October, all my pieces have kind of, uh, all my new pieces, like I released old ones as well, but I feel like I'm, I'm hitting, um, a good caliber of art every single time. So that one was kind of one where I, I hit, but I wasn't happy with it. So, um, I, I do really like it, but it's, yeah, it's, it's one that I don't mind, uh, I made money on it and I don't mind giving it away to someone else like who could potentially sell it. And if I could make a secondary on it, who knows, but I wanted to put it back out there. I was going to ask if you ever tokenized that, um, the grungy teddy bear with like the purple. I haven't. Yeah. yeah you no. haven't. So I like that piece. No. So 
there, yeah, there's the story behind it. I, the thing is, is that, so I, I did a lot of work uh, during lunchtime at, at the studio I used to work for. Oh, you <laughs> so, don't own that anymore, do you? So I don't, I don't own it. Yeah. So I can't, <laughs> but that's the thing. So that's why I would never sell it. Like I can post it and share it. Cause it's like my, my demo reel work and it's work I've done, but I can't sell it. And it's like one of the only, one of the only pieces that, yeah, I, I would, I, yeah, I, I would want to do it. Like I've, I, I've actually wanted to contact them to see if I could buy my piece back off of them, like the rights to it, but I don't know how that works. So yeah, the teddy bear, I, I want to redo it. I want to, I can totally redo it, but it won't be the same. It, that, yeah. yeah. I fucking, I love it. I love that piece, but it's the, it's going to be the unattainable piece. I think. <laughs> Unless I can get a deal with, yeah, with the company, but you, yeah, I just have you worked to... with a bunch of different VFX studios or been most so, of the same uh, ones. So yeah, I, I started in 2006. I worked for like video games doing um, like rotoscope animation, like basically just watching videos and then animating the characters to that stuff for uh, like a wrestling game. Um, so I did animation. I did like model 3d modeling. Um, and then I started to do a little bit of like compositing and like just creating like visual uh, visuals and stuff like that. Um, so I did that for like from 2000 and sorry, yeah, six to like 2000 and, um, like 2010. Uh, and then I started working. Yeah. As like, um, yeah, I, I worked on as like a hard surface modeler, like a 3d modeler. Uh, and then I did that for a few years and then, yeah. And then I decided I wanted to go back to school to learn visual effects. Cause uh, my, my brother's also in visual effects. He's a visual effects supervisor. So I, I went to school for that, uh, and I went into a two-year program at Capilano University, and uh, I did my first year, and then I ended up getting hired uh, after my first year. So uh, my contract ended just after school started, but I decided to take it, so I had to drop out, um, and I, I, yeah, I ended up, yeah, since that day, pretty much, that, uh, that I took that job, I had been in the industry up until uh, last year, around this time. <laughs> So yeah, I, I was in, so I'm a, I'm a 3D lighting artist. So I worked on shows like, I don't know if you've seen Dragon Prince. Uh, I've worked on, yeah, I worked on Dragon Prince, uh, Dino Trucks. Uh, I worked on that new Monsters at Work series uh, for Disney Plus. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. And then I've worked, uh, I worked on, yeah, what else did I work on? It's like, the, it's, it's kid shows mostly, right? So it's, yeah. but yeah, I was like a lead, lead lighting artist um, for that stuff. So just like building tools and just kind of managing episodes and having like a team underneath me and kind of, yeah, managing them to, to make these episodes for like, yeah, Disney and DreamWorks and Pixar and stuff like that. So it's, it's, yeah, it was, did that for eight years and then I kind of burnt out. Um, and yeah. And like right around that time, NFTs came about a year ago. It was like the same thing. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so I took a new job at, at a university. So I'm a lab supervisor for like 3d VFX and 2d animation. Nice. Um, so yeah, I basically get to like hang out and help students. We've got like a, it's crazy, man. They've got like a mocap studio there. They've got all like the top of the line uh, software equipment. Wow. And I just get to like, I just get to learn all about this stuff and like get better at it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been pretty crazy. It's like a big shift for me coming from the industry where it's like so fast paced to going to the university where it's like, so it's like so slow and just like, <laughs> you just kind of, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a trip too with uh, COVID because we've been like, we had to do remote learning last year. Now it's like hybrid. You can come in if you want, you don't have to sort of thing, but it's been, yeah, it's, 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 it's so weird. It's going like to be tough the, to teach VFX mm -hmm. and 3d 
like remotely. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I know. But that's the thing. Like all the studios went remote, right? So it actually is pretty helpful because oh, they're going to be working. Yeah. So my whole industry kind of went remote. And then I think they're going to get rid of the studio actually and get a smaller studio for the core group of people. And then they're going to just make sure they're going to like, yeah, they're, they're probably going to, yeah, save so much money on spending on rent for these, these office spaces and people can just work from home because mm. they, they managed to do a show like that, that uh, monsters that work, the whole thing pretty much was done by people working from home. So wow, yeah, it's like a, yeah. So it's a feature That's film funny. quality show. It's about yeah. at work and they're all at home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's funny. It came, it came out at a funny time. Yeah. <laughs> was the um so like around that time when you when you made that switch, was that something like with NFTs? Did that like conceptually just make sense to you? Or was it something that like kind of you had that like took some time for you to conceptualize or how was, how was uh, that? I, I don't know, man. I kind of I kind of saw it as like the most opportune thing just happened to me. I've been doing this like for the last like four years and it just like, okay, here's this Avenue where your art is really is, is like gonna, people are going to want to buy it. And it just like showed up and now you can just do what you were doing before, but now potentially make money with it. And like, as soon as I kind of saw what it was about and like, I was in as soon as I like understood it and like did after I saw my first piece, I was absolutely hooked. It was the biggest, adrenaline rush I think I've ever had as like a creator I was just like because I was like I posted it I got a bid for like 0.5 ETH back then and I was like yeah I'm like okay that's 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 really that's really big and then someone messaged me on Instagram like that night at like midnight and I was talking to them and they they put a bid of one and I was like whoa I'm like that's crazy I'm like that's that's a big bid that's like that's crazy for that and was then that I was Genesis? like I talked to him that was on my Genesis piece and then yeah. uh and then I went to bed and then I woke up and Goltra had bid on it yeah. uh, for like 1.5. And I was just like, yeah, Colin, um, I was just, I was just, I, I saw his, I knew he, who he was and I knew he was a big collector in the space. And I was just like, I'm selling it now because I want to make that connection. I want to, I want to, oh yeah, I want to be able to like talk to him. I want him, I want to be in his collection. He's got like an amazing he was around when like he he got some amazing packs and glass cranes and Android Jones. Like he's got all these wicked pieces. So to be in his collection, like he bought four of my pieces, like three after that one as well. And we, yeah, we talk all the time. Like he's like had me be a part of the nifty gateway drop that he was in. And like, yeah, he's just, he's been such a huge support base and like super friendly and always just willing to, yeah. Willing to like talk and help with what, when we need it. But yeah, so that, that was crazy. So that doing that and actually selling to him was the biggest decision I ever made. Like it was the best decision I made in the space because from there, like I started to get, and then I think Akira, uh, Akira bought my next piece. Akira Reloaded, it was his. So he was another collector back then. So he ended up buying two of my pieces as well. So from those first two pieces there, like I had, yeah, I had a lot of the bigger collectors start picking it up. And I was like, I was just like, holy shit, man, this is crazy. Like I'm already, like people that I was seeing before I had even, made the piece were like and like going in big on the stuff we're starting to buy my pieces and i was just like it all happened so fast i just basically went into yeah i'm fucking create mode just just create <laughs> i was like i was like okay i'm working during the day but at night i came home and i like yeah it was it was bad like because i have a family as well and i was just like i was so absorbed and it was just like managing all of that was super crazy but i knew it was something i had to do 
I knew that if I put the time into it and, and, and put it in, like I knew I had a style that resonates with, with what's going on here. Cause there was a particular style at one point, like there's so much more now, but like, like that, that whole Instagram art render thing that was happening over like the, like the whole Beeple phase and all of that, that's like, that's what was hot when it was coming into it. So I kind of fit into that, into that realm. Um, but yeah, like I just, I went so hard into it and just tried, tried things out. Um, like social media wise, I, I was just like calling out like no one origin. I'm like, Hey, no one origin, add me to your roster and just posted some pictures. And then the next thing, you know, I was like whitelisted like two days later. Like I, like I, mm. I, I felt crazy. Cause like, I think I, I might, at that point they were like not onboarding a lot of people or they were just kind of doing it as it came. But yeah, I think I, I, I managed to get in before some other people and it was just like crazy. I don't know. I don't know how, but I just, and this is like what I've used to my advantage. Like I'll tweet <laughs> out at people. Like I tweeted out at Nifty Gateway and then someone who worked there mentioned that they had seen the tweet and they were talking about it at there. And then I eventually, yeah, I eventually got offered a Nifty Gateway slot for that. Um, I've had to put off my second Nifty Gateway drop, unfortunately, until uh, later this year. Or yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to plan it because, yeah, I just, I, I have some stuff going on that I need to manage before, before I do that. But, but yeah, like just going out and like tweeting at people, and then, yeah, I get, I get responses. Like, I'm just trying, I'm like kind of trying to manifest stuff and make it happen. And that's, it, I, that's how I do it. And it seems to work. And it's huge in this space. Um, it just like, a, yeah, a DM goes such a long way. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy, man. Like you can make anything you want happen right now. It seems like these <laughs> artists are just like, I'm going to do uh fucking, I don't know, like a, a weird abstract brain drainage project. And then there's like, here's a 10,000 brains that are different. And then it's like, <laughs> cool. Idea. Just made like fucking $2 million. Just like smooth that. Brains. Just, yeah. Smooth brains. They're, I, but I like, buy um, one. <laughs> uh, have, have you seen the, do you guys, do you guys have any dwellers? Any dweller? I don't think uh, so. NFTs? No. You guys should check them out. They're, What's uh, that? Motion. It's uh, so you're inside a spaceship and it's a generative art animation. So they're all going through warp drive, but yeah, <laughs> you should, you guys should check it out because there's like, yeah, there's, I think there was 8,000 or 10,000, but yeah, it's like all custom like cockpits and you're just racing through space, all the music. Uh, there's like four or five different, like each one is kind they're of different. Animated? Has different yeah. They're animated, man. They're, oh, the, best, shit. they're, they? they're the best NFT well, I've seen. Yeah. I, I had bought three and then I sold two of them. Uh, when they were high, but now they're going back up again. I think they're at like a 0.3 floor right now. Not bad. Uh, East. <laughs> Not bad, but yeah, they're no. going up. And they have an airdrop scene, I think, as well. So um, yeah, I'm like, I'm pumping them because I, I I love them so much. And, <laughs> and the main artist behind it, yeah, Motion by Nick, at Motion by Nick is his name. He's got like some wicked, like his style is, uh, it's all After Effects based. And like, he, he's a master After Effects artist. And the stuff he does, is just wild. Like, it's just, He's got such a good, wicked, like sci-fi and like really like a characterized style. It looks awesome. Shit. Yeah, so I, 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 I haven't found him, but I found one of his pieces that mapped back to OpenSea from Super Air Heat Seeker. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's pretty cool. He's, he's got a bunch of them. Um, I was gonna say wild. going back to your <laughs> to your super <laughs> super piece, the one point four ETH that that you got. What what do you think the the the, the tangible dollar amount was on I think that at date? The time? I think it was. I had the oh, e- I just had the like, ether scan up. Oh, was it? I, what? Okay, it was. I think it was like four hundred and like thirty eight bucks or something like that it's around about there. that. Yeah, yeah. It was October twenty twenty seventh. Yeah, it was like five hundred and thirty six bucks. Five hundred forty six bucks. Yeesh. Yeah, 
And now I that was those be, days. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, man. And that, and that's literally. the thing. Like I, and I've literally kept like a lot of what I've had in there. Like I I've taken out probably, yeah, I'd say like 25% of what I've made. Um, but basically I paid off debts. I, yeah, I bought a new mattress. I bought myself a, a like a high end computer because that's what I'm doing. Like I invested for work. in myself, yeah, right? Sleep yeah, and so. make some art. <laughs> everything was yeah invested like me and my family and just kind of paid off everything we needed to get done and just kind of I'm, I'm, my plan is to kind of just set myself up for like the next ten years and like I'm pretty much there like I don't yeah I'm, I'm like if I if I can manage this and things stay consistent which probably won't happen as we know in the space but <laughs> yeah it's just like it's gonna go up and down I know for sure so I'm not too worried about it it's just like yeah I'm kind of in a good spot and I'm happy like I'm I'm feeling creative like I, I've had so many projects on the go um that they're finally starting to like uh like die off and I'm just like super stoked because I'm gonna have more time to kind of focus on creating new stuff um and I've, I have a few pieces too on the back burner that have just been sitting there that um that yeah I could probably finish pretty quickly and then have more more uh stock to go out which is which is sweet that's the thing too in the space they're like at this point now you can like see you know we've gone through some like waves and you can almost see like there's no rush to 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 speed into something because no you never know what's around the corner just like yeah you know. everything everything everyone was saying back then it's like not it's it's just like everyone back like then scarcity. was like less than 60 yeah days i ago. know it was like, <laughs> back then but it's like yeah exactly right so it's just like scarcity you gotta be scarce blah blah all these collectors influencers saying that but i don't know i've seen like kid mograph went into off the hen and he's just firing off huge additions selling out all the time just like like people are doing all these crazy releases like i don't think scarce like i'm sure scarcity will matter to, to some people maybe the bigger spenders and stuff like that but i want to i want to keep it like right in the middle ground i want to keep like limited but i don't want to like limit myself to just one-to-ones and stuff like that i want to do like i like i like the 25 to 50 range for additions i like linking pieces together too so doing like sets and stuff like that and having like a like bonus pieces and stuff like that because it just gets it gives a chance for someone to buy like a, a 50 edition piece cheaper. And then if, if the next person wants like the part of the set sort of thing and to get another piece, like they might invest in that as well. It's just kind of trying to figure out what works and like pricing wise. Like I, I, I think I've got my pricing down. Yeah. For, for hen. And I don't think I'll probably manipulate it too much more. Like I feel that what I'm getting is totally fair. Like I, I found ETH prices were super crazy when I was selling my stuff. Like I can't even, like I can't even fathom some of these sales that were happening. And like, it is really crazy because I don't really talk to anybody about this stuff. Right. Nobody gets it. Like I, I talk to my <laughs> wife, like she, she gets it. And then I have some friends that I got into NFTs and we have like this group, but like, I just kind of stopped talking about it. Like, yeah, I just, it's just crazy to me how, yeah, just value what people value and what people will put into stuff. And like, especially in this space, because people are so vocal after too. Usually when they collect your work, they like reach out. I have had a couple of anonymous, which it kind of sucks in a sense to not be able to talk to someone or like know what's going on with your with your art. But at the same time, like, yeah, I, I, I like those connections I formed with with collectors. Like I've had two, um, two or three really good ones that have like, yeah, worked out like in, in future, like they keep on checking out my work and like, it might not be for them, but they're like super like, keep at it, keep going sort of thing. Like, yeah. So it's just like they're having that people. backing and having people. Yeah. To, yeah like, and they help you feedback too. from, yeah. To like, know yeah. like drop structures or like, 
addition sizes, pricing. Yeah, like- yeah. I always, I'm, I, I'm always going to mint there. I think unless like something bad happens there. But yeah, I, I, other than that, I, I really like it. I, yeah, I think it's got a great community. Like, um, and yeah, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to bridge that Tezos, Tezos and uh, ETH gap. So I'm trying to think of a project um, for that uh, where. I can reward both ETH and uh, hen holders or yeah, Tezos. So it's like creating like a, an art piece or sort of something that's like a bridge, like a portal between. So if you have, you could do like a generative art piece or something where you do like um, a thousand editions on ETH and a thousand editions on uh, hen. And then, but you'd get a random one of each sort of thing. And then you'd have to like buy your pairing back. So, and there would be an art piece that if you had the hen one, and the ETH one, you, they would kind of be looking at each other through the portal. Yeah. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of one I was I was thinking of doing, like trying to create, just trying to create this like bridge where if you have both of them, like you can burn both of them for like, yeah, whatever, like a Tezos or an ETH sort of thing, and like just yeah, I'm 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 trying to think of like ways to gamify and and make it fun and like hopefully be able to get some more like front end stuff done um, after behind it, like. I want to build like stats and traits and stuff and like behind projects and like have, have that sort of stuff going, but it's just a lot of time and effort. I don't, I just want to make art too. So that's, right. what, I, that's what I'm going to do. I, I think that's what I'm going to focus on now. Like I can do the generative stuff. I have like a coding background. I know how to, I know how I could pull it off, but I would need someone on the actual like contract end doing that stuff. So I just haven't had the time to like reach out and talk to people about it. So I'm just going to, what I'm doing right now is working. So I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep doing that until um, I feel like I need to yeah, explore some more. Maybe you can get an inroad in with the manifold people after the playing art. Yeah. Stuff, well, you know? well, yeah, that's the thing. Like it'd be cool to set up my own smart contract. I wouldn't mind doing that. I just, I have no idea like costs and stuff like that behind it. And like, I, have, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So I'm, I would have to look into it, but um, yeah, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right now it's just, yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm going to focus on trying to make some like, like high quality art more so than, yeah, I've been, I'm, I'm always trying to push myself. So uh, I'd like to get into Unreal Engine. I'd like to start to get into there and kind of see what I can do with their uh, new uh, rendering engine. Cause yeah, it's all real time now. So it's like super fast. And like, if I could build out stuff, um, I could literally go into school and put like on a virtual reality helmet and like be inside my art piece. So Hell that, yeah. that could be, yeah. It's like, we have this big studio, so you could like, you could model it to, to scale and be able to like walk around it and stuff. So it's, oh it could be pretty, it's wild, man. Like I, he was, te- I haven't, I haven't done it yet, but the, the faculty guy was telling me about it and I was just like, he's like, Oh yeah. And then we can, you could probably like, have you seen that metahuman, uh, the metahuman um, they're like things from mega scans, but that's like a digital human and it's like really high quality and you can use them in uh, unreal. Yeah, so you can you can mocap your face to it. So if you have like a face oh, reader, so you can yeah you can like you can literally be that person in three D space because you can mocap yourself to it. <laughs> right, and have the face the facial thing. So we we have all that stuff at school. So it's just a matter of plugging it in and making and getting it all set up. <laughs> so so it's just like when you were interviewing for this for this job and they're like, oh yeah yeah we have we got this and this we're, we're gonna we're gonna invest in this. You're like, hmm. Yes, yeah. I think I'm in. Yeah, it's a fucking playground. But yeah, man. yeah, man, it's crazy because all the stuff with like virtual production too, like with Mandalorian, like how they filmed Mandalorian with all like the the environments that were projected on screens behind mm-hmm. the the actors. So um, I think the plan at the school is to eventually build like a virtual production studio. So I'd be able to go in, like, yeah, go into an Unreal 
and build out like these wicked environments. And then you could literally film people like in front of them and like do like short sci-fi movies or stuff like that. Like I, like I, the, the amount of stuff I'm going to actually learn while I'm supposed to be there, like sort of teaching is going to be, <laughs> it's going to be insane. Right. So like, right. I, I'm trying to book studio time for myself, like try like every week, like three hours or something and just kind of try to dive in and try to learn as much as I can about it and just mess around, screw up, figure out what to do, figure out what not to do. And um, yeah, I think it's just going to make me a better artist. So like I see, I see these other artists all just bailing on their jobs and going to do this full time. And I'm like, man, that would be amazing. Like, I would love to do that. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, I think I should like, it's a sweet gig. It's like really, yeah. it's really nice. Like the Capilano university, it's up in a rainforest, like a, a temperate rainforest. So it's all like big ass trees everywhere. Like you're in, like it's foggy. It's like, it's just, it's so wild. The buildings are all like built in through the trees. Like, my kids' daycare is like there's just redwood trees all through it with like playgrounds built in between it. I'm just like, this is like ridiculous. It's like one, <laughs> it's like I went to school there too, like yeah, in 2013. So it's cool to like be back there and and yeah, just now working there. They give you an honorary degree for that second year or what? You're teaching <laughs> no, there now. No, it's just free. But apparently. Yeah, I have to go get a master's too with this, and I like I did, I I dropped out of university twice, so uh, yeah now and now I'm working at a university, which is hilarious. Um, but yeah, because of my work experience, I can get I can go for a master's because I have over ten years of yeah, just like working in the industry and working for companies doing yeah animation and stuff like that. So um, speaking yeah, of, think, so the lighting stuff, how does that yeah. actually work? Like, what what would you do as your part of the, the job there? So for lighting, that's kind of the end of end of the sort of so the, the animation uh, an animation company has like a specific like it's like a factory right so they have different things that happen mm -hmm. so the first thing's like storyboarding and then the next thing is like primary or sorry the next thing is layout so they basically take the storyboards and then they they build environments so they'll they'll have like the modeling artist and stuff like that like build rough models and like enough to like build the story behind and stuff like that um so you'll be doing so storyboarding is the first and then they'll do layout which is like either putting assets in their place for the to match the storyboards or like just putting blocks or something in place just to kind of block out where things are going to go um and then basically it just goes from there and layout finishes then animation will take over so animation basically takes all the assets have, that have been built like characters and stuff like that and then they animate them and all while this is happening, like texture artists and modeling artists are making stuff and like keep like constantly updating. So things because of how the pipeline's built, it's updating what's already in there, like in real time, whenever right. they're done and whenever they're updating. So it's like, that's all happening at the same time. But, uh, but yeah, so you go storyboards, then you have uh, layout and then you have animation and then it's usually effects after that. So effects will kind of do their things to the finished animation um, and then lighting kind of takes over at the end once like modeling, texturing, um, animation and all that stuff is done. And then, cause then you have like the, all the shots done, like the whole episode's done, like everything's made to the storyboard and all that stuff. So basically we just take all those assets and stuff and then we light the environment. So like if it's outdoor and sunny, we add like an HDRI, um, with like, yeah, a sunlight source and then you're lighting like the environment. If it's like a grocery store, you're like, yeah, you're just usually, yeah, you're, you're physically building out the lighting in the space and you're 
you're building out all these sort of assets to use in the in the episode and stuff like that so it's crazy because it's a lot of it's nuts man it's like the the whole animation industry is crazy because it's like it's just all these assets that are everywhere and then they all just get imported in and they're all able to be like updated whenever they want so like basically i could we could have finished a shot rendered it and they're like oh shit that car wasn't updated so you go back to the shot you just update that asset and send the render again and it will be the proper one sort of thing yeah so it's all like real time hooked up and it's so wild because like you're sometimes not getting assets until like the last week of a delivery so you have a whole episode where this whole thing was wrong and you have to like go back and send that shit like it's it's like yeah it's so crazy how it's all like that's a that's a pipeline it's all hooked in and it's all um maximized for efficiency and and production when you're picking like where the lighting source is coming from, and you've been doing this for so long, you automatically like know I'm going to put the sun over here, even if you can't see the sun, you know where it's, it's going to be coming from, or you play around. It's with usually it. called out. So basically, what would happen is like you would build like a default lighting that's good, and if and if yeah, you basically you want to kind of position it in a way at sometimes, but usually the angle is called out by the director. So they'll go in and look at every shot and you have this directional light in 3D where it's like kind of aimed at a 45 degree angle down um, just as a default and you can rotate it around 360. So they'll be like, yeah, set it to like 45 degrees or something like that for this sequence. So then you just know to like kind of do that and set it. And then some some shots require like um, you to add your own lighting, right? Like a kid's holding a phone up to their face. So you add the light in, you create the the render layers for it and all the render passes. So you can so you can composite it in the end. Like yeah, I could talk about this all day. It's like it's so <laughs> there's so much stuff to it. But yeah, it's like it's so deep because you have the rendering and stuff in Maya. And then you take those renders out of Maya and you bring them into another program called Nuke. And you essentially break up the image into like its reflection, its diffuse pass, its uh, its glass, its like roughness, its its metallicness, it's like met or metalness, sorry. But it's like you you can split the whole image into all of these layers and break them out so that you can like go in and edit each one and make it so you can have control over like everything that makes up that final image, and then you recombine. Yeah, and then you recombine it in the end, but then you recombine it with having controls over all of that stuff afterwards. So if like your reflection blows out or something or does something weird, you can go in and just fix that reflection uh, in the in the actual render by like you can it's called painting it out. So if there's like a flicker or something, you could just like you can kind of paint it out instead of having to go send that whole render back. Um, you can just go and fix that one little layer um, in in comp. So it's it's crazy. Like whose job is so, that? Because that it's, seems like yeah, it's my job, render, so right? That's, that's still yours. Yeah, okay. so, yeah, so I, I'm a lighting compositing artist. So I, I, I take what I do the renders in Maya. Uh, I render them off like whatever through through a, a render yeah software, and then and then I open Nuke, and then I can take those images I rendered, and then it's all when you work at a company, they have like a whole pipeline built. Like you have controls and tools to control all that stuff, and it's all pre built out. But yeah, it's, it's wild, man. It's super, super, super technical, like unbelievably technical. It's not just like, it's not like a lot of these people you see like the C4D artists are literally just like rendering and then that's the final image they get and then they do some Photoshop editing. Um, I, I usually do that for my stuff as well. But um, yeah, like I, I, I would love to get into more composited work, like getting in and actually like breaking it up and doing all like the cool effects you can do with, yeah, have it, like using... Com- yeah, compositing methods like that. So, yeah, I'm stoked. You ever messed around with Houdini? 
I've tried. I can't, I can't keep my attention long enough for it. I went to their like, like uh, beginner tutorials and it was like getting a PhD. I was like, I don't get this. It's like, it's like we have layers and layers inside of layers. And it's just like, I, I have no idea what, what any of this stuff does. So we like but to have to people, learn it. The only yeah. person we've ever talked to, and it was maybe the second episode, it was Adam Priester, who's like a Houdini master. Yeah. But that's the, every other person we've talked to, they're like, no way, man. Can't yeah, do it. Adam, man, Adam Priester is wild. The stuff he, I'm just like, you've watched his breakdowns of his yeah. stuff. It's crazy. Like the, the eyeballs those, the on the arm. Oh those, man, like, that's crazy. Nuts. And like the, the wire stuff too. The wire stuff is just like it all opening up and all the jacks yeah. coming out of the arm. It's just the guy's on a whole other level. And I'm just like, I'm watching how he does it in the videos. I'm like, it's like coding vex coding it's called inside of Houdini. And it's like, <laughs> it's super complicated, but I bet you it wouldn't like, if you spent time doing it and kind of understood it, I'm sure he's like, Oh, it's not that bad. It's not like anything <laughs> crazy, but yeah. But yeah, it's just like, it, I can't wrap my head around it yet, but I'm going to have to try, but I'm going to focus on unreal. I think, cause I think that's going to be like the next big, next big thing. I think unreal is going to be massive. It's already massive, but I think it's going to be even bigger. Like once it starts doing renders, like, like people do on their like C4D and stuff like that in real time, it's, it's not, I bet you it's five years away. It's probably going to be like, it's already like, I don't know if you've seen unreal five, but it's already looking like, yeah, it's, it's hands down almost as good as rendering on your machine, which takes like two or three minutes per frame. Oh my God. That's like yeah. a very good name. I've for, I've for for next gen video game company Unreal Unreal Engine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They um I've heard on Twitter people like you know I'm I'm setting my stuff up to render I'll be back in two days to check on it like yeah <laughs> I know man and like I've been watching a lot of like the the dev projects so they have one of the tool sets that I like to use a lot in Maya is just like motion graphics tools because they have a lot of cool stuff like duplicating and like. You could do, a, they just have all these like random, like fractal stuff that you can do and like all this other, just, the, yeah, the tools are very handy for like doing really crazy, weird looking stuff or building like really procedurally based, um, like say like diamonds or stuff like that. Just doing like really crazy shapes. I like to do that stuff in my pieces and like kind of, I kind of like to just like fuck around with shapes and kind of just distort them and like make maps. So like, like using displacement maps and, and stuff like that. Um yeah, yeah you, like pushing you can you can see that stuff, especially in your super catalog. I think it's that black and white piece. I forget what it's called, but I hate to describe things as trippy, but like like that's you kind of feel like you're taking on a little bit of a of a of a trip with that one. And, yeah, and similar to other ones, but mainly that one stood out to me because it's the black and white. So was that the uh, is that the one where you're like going through the tunnel at the start and then that's the dude standing? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's, that's a yeah. yeah, it's the club. I yeah, I did that with Nate Hill. Oh, Nate, fuck, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, he sent me a uh, he sent me an image of a, a piece, and then I basically what I did is I just re rebuilt that piece um, in in three D kind of. I, I did it roughly. I kind of made it like more my style and stuff like that. And then so that piece is actually cool because it's it's three pieces in one. So the first piece was like my my own sort of thing, and then you pass through that, and then that middle portion is like my interpretation of like if Nate and I like had like a 50, 50 collab and it was like a merging of kind of our styles together. And it's then that last clean one fucking like, loop too. Yeah. Parallel. And universe. then that last, 
Yeah, parallel universe. So yeah, and then the last, yeah, the last one is just my interpretation of of Nate's piece that he sent me. So it was cool. And then I, yeah, I did all the, I did the sound design as well for it. It's probably better to, yeah, listen with like headphones or something, but yeah, I I did the set. I did the sound design for it and I ended up starting it. So everything went the other way. So I actually rendered it first. So uh, you're, you're supposed to be coming back instead of going in and the music actually, (laughs) the music was actually playing. Yeah. The other way. And I said to Nate, I'm like, Nate, I'm going to try something here and send it to you. But I'm like, I think if I reverse it, is way better and then so I the whole thing is backwards like, yeah the whole thing is backwards so i made it the other way entirely my whole concept was and then i just reversed it at the end including the sound and it made like this crazy like it completely immersed me after i just like i it's, it's so my only cool piece. dude uh, i yeah, was just thanks, looking at the still i didn't do the animated one. <laughs> oh nice yeah no it's it's one of my favorite pieces uh yeah I've, i i talked to nate a lot too um but yeah, he's, he's such a cool dude and I love his work. And it was so cool to like, I basically just took the project on my own, but we just split it because I love that. I, he, it was a huge inspiration. So it was, yeah, that was, it's one of my favorite pieces for sure. And I just love how it all came together and just how it, yeah, just, it was one of my deeper pieces, I think in terms of, yeah, the like animated wise. I like yeah. the second son one a lot. That one, uh, like, dude, that's, that's another one that's kind of in that realm, but more color based. Yeah. I really, I really like that one it's a great one for a wall because of just the slight yeah. motion in it. And it's a quick loop. Yeah. I like that. And that's the thing I'm going for now. I think, I, I think the slight motion is what is, is in the strength of kind of how I composite my images. Cause my, my, I have a very like centric focal point on a lot of my stuff. It's all like very, like it's trying to suck you into a portal, right. It's trying to just like get your attention right in on the center and then kind of explore more um, after that. So when it comes to that sort of stuff, like I've been finding more of my pieces that I do like, uh, like there's a piece called Dweller on Super Rare. And if you look at it from, dwellers. from far, you, yeah, <laughs> dwellers. So yeah, it, if you look at it from far, um, you can't really see anything. But if you go in and actually look at it, every piece is like moving, the water's moving. And I'll look at it sometimes and it doesn't look like anything. And all of a sudden it like kicks in and it's all like moving. So I, I just did like these little wave deformers on, I went in and like rotoed out every single um, detail and like the landscape for it and just made it all wavy and it all, it just like ended up, yeah, it was another cool one that I kind of took one of my stills and then I used After Effects to kind of add motion in uh, afterwards. That's cool. The little pools on the bottom, just barely moving. Yeah, just like really slight. And I, I find that really works. I've, I, I, I've had people a lot just like reach out and say that they really like that about it. Like, so well, yeah, imagine I, on a I, wall, I find... right? You walk past, you're like, yeah. oh shit, did that just move? Like that's yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of what I, I think I'm probably going to focus on more. Um, I can, yeah, it's just, the thing is, is that I do all these styles. So it's hard for me to like figure out what, what I'm going to do for something and like, um, I want to be conscious of like render times and stuff like that as well. So you can tell like you're curating some, some clean stuff. Yeah. And, and the other yeah, thing too is like man's... the, you, I, I know, um, you know, about the time that you came in, it wasn't necessarily at the inception of the NFT space, but technically that's still an early run. That's yeah. very early. Yeah. Like, like that'll world. never go away. Like that's, um, yeah. You know, no, man, I got, I got in, like I was, yeah, I was onboarded the same week as Fuck Render, and that's kind of when things blew up after that. It's like when, so it's like yeah. I got in literally right before like all these other artists have been having like a really hard time getting into Super Rare. So I got like getting into Super Rare was like honestly 
huh, I don't know. I don't know if I would be here if I didn't get in then, or if, or if Colin collected my first piece, yeah. but yeah, I, I don't know. Dude, you'd get accepted. Your body of work just shows the expertise that you have in your field, man. It's like, this one's sitting on no, here with a reserve so. price of one ETH. I'm like trying to think of how I can scrape together some cash right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's the sure. is that that's hypnocurrency, isn't it? Is yeah. that hypnocurrency? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I, I gave away to the guy for uh yeah, for a giveaway. So that's the one I bought back and then I, I gave away. So so he Perfect. put it back up for one ETH. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, right? That's what's gonna happen. That's well, and what, ETH uh, now is a lot different than it was in October. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and it's great. Yeah, but a lot of people still treat ETH as ETH, right, and not as dollar value. But some people, yeah. yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of people that don't too. So <laughs> there's probably more people that don't now. Cool, man. Did you have any questions for us or anything? This has been awesome. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I'm. Not, I'm not really sure. I'm. I'm I, I have to follow up on, on some more of your stuff. I'm going to put you on at uh, on. I have this nice stereo system at work in the studio, so I'm, I'm going to start throwing on uh, your guys' podcast and, and just listening. I'd love to hear Adam Priesters. I, I want to. Yeah, there's all these people that are on these podcasts that I want to like hear about their stories and stuff like that. I just I haven't had time. But now that I'm, yeah, that's a now good that one. I have this. Yeah, it's with Mad Dog Jones as well and oh, um, Josh Pierce, all in one. It was hilarious. Oh I yeah, thought, I thought Josh and Adam were doing a collab. <laughs> I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. you guys link up? I was like, I don't know. We're just like, this is the first time we met. <laughs> oh I, yeah, crazy. I um, what was it? I Josh reached out and I was like, yeah, sure, we'll hop on and and talk and. He was like, I have a nifty drop on the same day as Adam Priester. He's like, can he come along? We just interviewed both, assuming oh, that they crazy. meant like they had a drop together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that works out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I talked to Josh a lot too. Like he reached out. We followed each other on Instagram ages ago, but yeah, the, the NFT space, like he reached out pretty early on. I was like, oh shit, Josh, crazy. Like I've been following you for ages. And then he's like, <laughs> yeah, and he, yeah, he remembered. And then, yeah, he's I just, like, I'm here too. DM. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It's so wild to be like put up here. Like I'm just talking like even like with like Matt Griffin and Chris Skinner, like all these artists, like, oh man, there's like all these wicked artists that like I'm, I just have the pleasure of like chatting with now. And it's just like, this is, I would have like 4,000 or 2,000 followers on Instagram and like no for like I was posting for likes like a year ago. Right. So it's wild. It's been, it's been super wild. But yeah, I think I'm, I'm I might lose you here. My phone's at one percent. But uh, yeah, it's been. It's we'll been... cut it there, man. It's been a hell of a <laughs> okay, night. Okay, cool, man. We worked. Yeah, man. I really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> appreciate, appreciate it, man. It. Let's keep in touch too. Yeah, I for sure. Keep, yeah, thanks, guys. We're gonna be pleasure. in Vancouver at some point. We got to visit out there. It looks oh, yeah. awesome. All right, reach it. We'll go grab a beer. Absolutely. Always down for a All right. Meet you. In All class. right, guys. <laughs> see you yeah, later, Tim. See you. <laughs> see you. Damn, that's nifty.